0: This morning, we are going to talk about the topic which says more than conquerors uh, or more than victors. You know, sometimes you you are a conqueror because you are equal to the task, but when you are not equal to the task, you need to be more than a conqueror, and then if you look at the 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 story which comes to my mind every time when I'm thinking about more than a conqueror, is the story of David and Goliath. David was a young boy of age eight, 16, 18 years of age, and uh, he had to face this giant. I mean, this man was so big; his shield was the size of David, and uh, Every time Goliath will come out and, uh, you know, grown up men who were in the army of Israel will actually run away because they were afraid of this man. But David came as a young man and what you see with David here is all the odds were against David. There was no way in which David was going to win against this man. So David needed something extra, not just to be a conqueror, but to be more than a conqueror and you'll see as we go through the scriptures this morning that as a child of God you have okay let let me put it this way as a human being as a human being you have no chance of fighting the devil and his organized spiritual world you do not have any chance as a mere human being. David also had no chance against Goliath if he went there on his own. But as David was approaching Goliath, he said, I don't come to you in my own name or in myself. I come to you in the name of the Lord. So as mere human beings, we have no chance. It's only when we have God or when God is in us, it's only when God has called us, it's only when God uses us that we can actually stand. You know, I remember uh, some of us got saved when we were very young. And I remember, you know, people were, were worried. I mean, what are these children trying to do? Because in their minds, we were just trying to do this thing on our own. And what they failed to see was that we are called by God, that we have God in us, that we are children of God. And that is what makes the difference. And all of us in our lives, in our own education, our own intelligence, our own wisdom, our own backgrounds, we are not going to make it unless God is with us. And like Chilo has said, up to now, the Lord has been with us. All right, um, what is happening today? <laughs> what is the most important thing which is happening today the soccer world cup ok and then you are aware that uh, the soccer world cup there are how many teams at the soccer world cup <laughs> so we, we have a, a soccer ignorant church <laughs> ok we have thirty two teams at the World Cup, okay. Do you know that South Africa is in the World Cup? No. <laughs> <laughs> South Africa is not in the World Cup. Why are we not in the World Cup? Because we didn't qualify we didn't qualify okay So uh, FIFA has um, six continental regions, and then we belong to what is called CAF okay and uh, For a team to be at the World Cup, they need to qualify. You cannot just go there because you are a team. Okay? You go through uh, eliminations and then you qualify. And then if you don't qualify, you will not be in Qatar like we are not in Qatar as South Africa. Okay. Now, this is what Paul says about uh, competing. Uh, He says in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? You know, just like all the teams have to play, okay? But only one gets the prize. So run in such a way as to get the prize. Uh, What we have in Qatar now are the finals, 32 teams. But ultimately, we're going to have the final, okay? Okay? where only two teams are going to face each other, and there's only one team which is going to win. Again, Paul says, you must know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run in such a way so that you can get the prize. So make sure that you you are qualified, and you are qualified up to the end. He says everyone competes in the games. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict... Training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. So the question is in your race, how are you running? Do you have a goal? Do you have a target? Do you know where you're going? And we talk about this with Uncle Matabela many times as we do the marathons, about this concept. We are saying, the Bible says you must run the race that is set before you. Run your own race. And when you are you are running, focus, concentrate on your own race. Because sometimes what we try to do is to try to and check what other, other people are doing. And for example, I mean those who run marathons, I mean we will know that. Uh, Sometimes you see somebody who's running in front of you and is running very fast, and you think, oh, this person, and you want to follow that person. You don't know how they have trained. Remember, these people have trained for that particular race. So you run your own race. And Paul says also, no, I strike a blow. Or he says the first thing, I do, not, I, do not, I do not fight like a boxer beating the A. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it a slave so that I have, so after, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So you can see that you need to qualify to be in the competition, but when you are in the competition, if you don't run according to the rules, you don't box properly, you can still be disqualified. That's what Paul says. And for him, it was a, it was a serious matter because he preached to so many people, and he says, I, "I have to be careful that I must not be disqualified." All right, let's look at the scriptures uh, that uh, uh, it's our focus uh, for th- for this month. Uh, the scripture in in Ephesians, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to read Ephesians chapter six uh, from verse ten and to verse eighteen, and then we will go on. From there. And obviously, all of you are aware that if you have to get to chapter 6, it means that uh, you started in chapter 1. Okay, so. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know, I like this app, the Bible app. You know the Bible app? What is it called? The Bible app that most of us use? Your version. Your version. Who uses your version? I mean, let's see. How many people use your version? Okay, all right. You, others, which version are you using? Okay. Mobile. Mobile? <laughs> yeah, the family is using the real one. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm working from the premises that all of us here read the Bible every day. Okay. And I know statistics show that uh, people who go to church, they say only 10% of people who go to church read the Bible every day. 10% read the Bible every day. So, and obviously, if we don't read the Bible every day and we're dealing with the devil, who knows the Bible? You remember? (laughs) You know, when when he was tempting Jesus, he was quoting scriptures to him? Okay? Okay? Now, and remember what I'm saying, we are against the odds. So how do you succeed to become a more than a conqueror when you're against the odds, if you don't have the word of God, and you don't read it every day? Okay, and I mean, all of us here, we've got uh, mobile phones. What do we have in our mobile phones? We have Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> what do we have on our mobile phones? We've got WhatsApp and other, and other applications. But please, if you don't have the Bible on your phone, get yourself the Bible on the phone. Please do that. It's very important. Okay. But I wanted to say, the, the, you, you, your vision, I like it. But there's something uh, which can be very, very dangerous if you're using your version, Because every day they've got a Bible verse of the day. Okay. And some people just rely on that. You know, they wake up, they check the, the verse of the day, and I see these days they sophisticated it. sophisticated. are even videos that you can watch on the verse of the day. Okay? And some people do that. They just check the verse of the day, and that's the end of the day, and they go ahead and they do it the, the following day and the following day. And unfortunately, you know, you cannot rely and depend on verses of the day. We need the scriptures, all of it. Okay, and, and that's what I'm saying we are in chapter 6, but chapter six, for us to be in chapter six, we start in, chap- in chapter one. Okay, let's read. We are reading uh, from ten to eighteen, and just, I'll just make some few comments as we go along, and then we'll talk about it. And I want you to take note of this, and I'll, I'll talk about this a, a little bit more as as I go on. Paul starts by saying, when he, I mean, when we come to chapter. Uh, 6 verse 10 after he has said all the things that he wanted to say and he says finally be strong in the Lord not in yourself in the Lord and in his mighty power we have to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power And he says, put on the full armor of God. So we must put on the full armor, the the whole armor of God. Why should we do that? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. When we are dealing with the devil, we are dealing with a person who has got tricks. We are dealing with a trickster. We are dealing with somebody who has schemes. And it's very easy to fall into the schemes of the devil if we are not strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And if we don't put on all the armor of God. So, if we're not strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, we don't put on his full armor, you can be rest assured that we are going to be tricked. And by the way, you know, somebody said something very interesting. He says, you know, what the devil does, he looks at somebody, young person, who loves the Lord, and he just knows, you know what, I'm going to target this one, I'm going to target this one, one day you are going to see what's going to happen to this person. Because he's an old trickster. He has has seen it all over many, many, many years. So, You have no chance against him unless you are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and you put on all the armor of God. It goes to say, the reason why we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, the reason why we need to put all the full armor of God, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against human beings. You see, if you are fighting against human beings, you can find this trick or the other or the other thing, and then you can defeat them. But he says, that's not the fight. That's not what the fight is about. He says, but you are fighting against, and I want you to see the odds that you are against as a child of God, and the reason why you need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, and to put on all the armor of God. He says, against evil rulers, And authorities of the unseen world, of the unseen world, of the spiritual world. You are fighting against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Can you stand against that? Can you? Stand against that. You can't. You can't. Now, listen to what Paul says. Therefore, he, he, he goes back to the same thing. Can you see that? If you understand this, therefore, put on the full armor of God. He repeats this thing. Because without the full armor of God, you are not going to be able to stand. And remember, what, what, what Paul does um, during his time, he will have seen a Greek soldier. He would have seen a Roman soldier. And at that particular time, remember, warfare was not about this air defense systems that we see today. It was not about the tanks that we see today. It was not about the fighter airplanes that we see today. This, it was a battle where people were fighting with uh, spears and uh, javelins and, and so on. And for you to survive in that kind of warfare, you have to protect yourself. And that's what Paul, this is, this is his, his, his vision of how you stand and protect yourself as a soldier. And he says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And not only to stand your ground, after you have done everything, stand. Because it doesn't help you to go to war and then you fight and then you remain on the ground. He says, after everything you must be able to stand. He says, now he gives what he perceives as the armor of God given the physical army that he he was exposed to during his time. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. He goes on to say, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And what I want us to do this morning is not to look at Ndadema Tavola or look at princes, let me look at myself and ask myself, do I have the full armor of God? Will I be able to stand against the tricks of the enemy? Will I be able, after having done everything, will I be able to stand because I have the full armor of God? Or do I just have one piece or two pieces? Or three pieces instead of having everything else. All right. I want to say to you that uh, the scriptures, the word of God, is God's, God's epistle to his children. And uh, some people have used this word, you know, that the word of God is like a love letter to his children. And then you young people want to understand what we mean by a love letter. Okay. You know, uh, those, those who are old enough, you know, when you receive that letter, which, which was written outside, kiss before you read. <laughs> you know, uh, you, yeah, Uncle Daniel understands what I'm talking about now. <laughs> so, but what, what, what I'm saying to you, I'm saying the scriptures are God's WhatsApp. Okay, I think let's do the language now. Okay. Yeah, God's, 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 God's word is, is, a, is a WhatsApp for his children. It's a video call for his children. You know, when you say drop the phone, you say no, you drop first. <laughs> okay, drop first. Okay. You do that. Okay. So. Okay, I want to say the Bible is divided into two broad categories the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want us to understand that uh, in the early church, they didn't have the New Testament. They only had the Old Testament. So when they were referring to the scriptures, they were referring to the Old Testament. And sometimes you will come across this word; They say Moses. Paul will talk about Moses. He will say Moses is being read meaning the Old Testament, basically, and most, mostly the, the, the five, first five books of, of the Bible. And by the way, the reason why we have the Old Testament and the New Testament, testament was an agreement that God would make with his people. It was called a covenant. So we had, God had his old covenant, which included only the children of Israel and excluded everybody else. And that's why in the greater scheme of things, there are two categories of people in the world. We've got the Jews and we've got the Gentiles. So if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And Gentile doesn't mean that you are bad, it just means that you did not have God, you are not part of God's people. That's basically what it means, okay? and. When you read the Bible, there's a, there's a, there's a great um, doctrine about the Israelites and about the Gentiles. The Bible says God has blinded the Israelites for a time to bring in the Gentiles. And that's why we live in the time which we refer to as the time of grace. When God brings in the Gentiles into his kingdom. And Paul talks about this a lot in the book of Romans and says, You must know, God has not rejected his children, the Israelites. Because we have been grafted in to the Israelites. And you'll see, for example, when we read here in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks a lot about that, that you were not part of the inheritance of God, but now God has brought you in through Jesus Christ. So, when we read in the New Testament, is where God has brought in his new agreement through Jesus Christ. And Paul talks a lot about this in his epistles. So now when you look in the New Testament, the New Testament consists of the Gospels, which are the first four books, and from there it has got the epistles, which were letters written to particular churches, and then the book of Revelations. And The epistles, these letters which were written to specific churches, what Paul also wanted uh, the, 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 the churches to do was to exchange the letters. Okay, and let's look at what the Bible says about that. When you look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 16, this is a letter written to a church in Colossae. It says here, After this letter has been read to you, the Colossians, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. So, and I want us to to understand something something very interesting. Maybe, okay, let let me just read the next scripture, then I'll I'll talk about what I want to talk about here. Now here I'm reading from the book of Nehemiah chapter 9. So if you read the book of Nehemiah, you'll know that uh, there was a time when the 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 word of God was lost in Israel. You know, there was a book. This book was just lost. The the scrolls were lost. They were nowhere nowhere to be found. And ultimately, somebody found the scrolls, which uh, consisted of the the Old Testament. And after they found the scroll, this is what happened. This is the story that happened here. You read about this in Nehemiah. You also read about it in, in, in Ezra. Okay, remember, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah is when the children of God were in exile and they were actually coming back from from exile. Okay, so here they are, some people are back in Israel and they found the word of God and this is what happened. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated separated themselves from the foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of a day. For a quarter of a day, they were just reading. There was no preacher who was explaining anything. They were just reading. And and they spent another quarter in confession and worshipping the Lord, their God. And I want to say to you, my brothers and sisters, in the early church, just like it was during the time of the children of Israel, there was a lot of reading of scripture. There was a lot of reading of scripture. And you know what Paul says? Paul says, it is not not Ixam for me to repeat the same thing to you. And you know, those of you who had me, there's a story that I'm telling that in one church, uh, this pastor preached the same sermon for the whole month. And after the month, some people came to him and said, Pastor, but you preached about this. Why, Why are you repeating it? And he said, uh, have you have you done what you, I've, had, I've been preaching since I started? He's asking the person who's saying that. And as a pastor, he says, you know what? I've got a long line of people coming for counseling to my office because they don't listen to this someone that I'm preaching. Okay. It's not how many times the someone is preached, it's which part of that someone are you carrying out? And the same thing, uh, you know, some people... But they are bored when you when you read the Bible, by the way. They want some fire, you know. Hallelujah! Pray the Lord! That thing is not going to sustain you when you are facing the enemy. You need the word of God. We must stand firm and rooted in the word of God. God said to Joshua, this The book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, and everything that you do will prosper. And in the book of Psalm chapter 1, he says, This man, he does not stand in the place of mockers, but he says his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night, and everything that he does prospereth. And in this church, we don't preach about prosperity, the, the product. We preach about the process to prosperity, which, which is meditation and paying careful attention to the word of God. And if you do that, you will succeed. And that's why we don't run after things, because goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives, because we are in the Lord. Don't get me started. Okay. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I want you to take note of the fact that Paul says there, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And I want you to see that it starts with the word finally. And then if you read other versions, uh, for for example, NLT says a final word. You read more and Amplified, it says, in conclusion. And if you read the Literal Standard Version, it says, as to the rest. And I want to say to you, brothers and sisters, you may not be in the final unless you have started in chapter 1 and you come to chapter 6 and you have understood and done the things from chapter 1. Can I encourage you this morning or challenge you? That go home and read the book of Ephesians from chapter 1. You know, the Bible says we, we must not stand on the wisdom of men. We must stand on the wisdom of God and on the word of God. And what I'm going to do in the f- f- last few minutes that I have, I, I, j- I just want us to read uh, in chapter some few verses from chapter 1 uh, to, chapter, to chapter 6 to chapter 5. Okay, And I just want to say to you, if you read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and part of chapter 4, Paul deals with very deep doctrine. I mean, among other things, that, the things that I've talked about, the fact that uh, we are Gentiles, that God has brought us in because we were not his people, because Israel was his people. And then, when you, after chapter 4 and chapter 5, now he talks about the things that we need to do as children of God. And remember, we do those things because we are children of God. And this is, this is something very, very interesting that sometimes people don't understand. You see, we are not trying to be good because we want to be good. God has saved us. We've, he found us dead. He made us alive. Now because God made us alive and he put his spirit in us, we are able to be good. The, the Bible says we are the workmen of, workmen of work, workmanship of God created in Christ to walk in works prepared for us before the foundations of the earth. So we're, we're not trying to be nice, you know, trying to be good, trying to be moral. We've got something, we are more than conquerors, we've got more than morality which is driving us. And okay, let's, 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 let's see what, what, what we can do. Uh, Paul starts by saying to the Ephesians, this letter is from Paul who is chosen by the will of God. He didn't choose himself. He's chosen by the will of God. And he says I'm not, I'm not writing to everybody. Okay? I'm not writing to everybody. I'm writing to God's holy people. And the word holy here does not mean that you are good and better than anybody. It means you are chosen by God. You are set aside by God. He says, I'm writing to these people who have been set aside by God. And not only that, but they are also faithful followers of Christ Jesus. I'm not writing to everybody. And he says, in verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, And look at what Paul says up front before he goes to Ephesians chapter 6 where he talks about the organization of the evil one. He says, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And that is what makes us more than conquerors. Blessed with every, every spiritual blessing in the, realm, in the heavenly realms. Not on earth, in the heavenly realms. Because our warfare is against the heavenly realms. And then in verse 7 he says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and forgave our sins. He says, furthermore, because we are united, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. So we we receive the inheritance because we are united with Christ. And look at the Bible, what the Bible says. He says, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to, to his plan so you see God does not wake up one morning? okay I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what is called anthropomorphism. you know uh, I'm, I'm making God like a human being you know that he can sleep and wake up okay okay but for, forgive me sometimes that's what we do, isn't it? okay so, so so God when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God didn't say, oh they fell. Oh, what, what is plan B? What, whoa, what are we going to do? They're in trouble. No. The Bible says Christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth. So the plan is going on. The plan is going on. And that's why it says, for he, has, he chose us in advance and he makes everything work according to his plan. Not plan B. Plan C, plan W, no. His original plan. And now, verse 13 says, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. Remember, the, remember we read that part, it says, with the, the belt of truth around your waist. Okay, You have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, God marked you He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So if you're a child of God, you have been marked. You have been identified. You see, the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, God said to them, mark your doors with the blood. And then when the angel of death comes, he will will pass because that door, that door is marked. And some people say, there are some people who said no, 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 me, I'm fine, I'm not going to mark. When the angel comes, what is he looking for? For the mark of the blood. So the same thing, the reason why we can be more than conquerors, when the enemy tries to attack you, he can see the mark. And remember, when we go to chapter 6, and we say to you, put on the full armor of God but, and you don't have the mark. How is it going to help you? Because you need to qualify. So here we're going through the qualification time. How do you qualify for chapter 6? He says this spirit, the, 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 the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so he would praise and glorify him. Verse seventeen says, "Asking God, the glorious Father." This is Paul. Paul says to the Ephesians, "I'm praying for you. This is what I'm asking God, asking God, the glorious Father, for Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom, because you're you're fighting a spiritual warfare, and if you read in the book of uh, James." Chapter 3, you must go and read there. It talks about two types of wisdom worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And it talks about the godly wisdom that it's unifying, is good. You must go and read about that. Okay. That is spiritual wisdom and carnal wisdom. So he gives us spiritual wisdom. And inside, so that you might grow in your knowledge of God, he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Not to everybody, to his people, okay. And verse 21 he says, now he is far, talking about Christ, he is far above any ruler or authority. Remember we are fighting against these rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Christ is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And he says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And he says, And the church is his body. And it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills everything for all things everywhere with himself. And what I'm saying to you, we can only be more than conquerors and fight against these heavenly realm authorities and powers if we are united with Christ. And Paul says now in Ephesians chapter 2, he says once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, these people are alive today. This is the people he's talking about. So obviously, uh, a person who's dead in their sins and trespasses cannot qualify for Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, and he says, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Did you get that? Our fight is against the devil. Now, if you are obeying the devil, six, chapter 6, verse 10, you're already on the ground. You have no chance. There's nothing that you can do because you're already in his kingdom. And by the way, remember, there are basically two kingdoms. It is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And then you cannot be in both. Uh, you know, there's a term that we're using. We call it strat. Uh, drat 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 stander drat stander you know you, you want to stand on the fence you don't belong on this side or, or that side so we are either in the kingdom of light or we are in the kingdom of darkness we are either serving god or we are obeying the devil I, I I'm not saying that isn't it? Is Paul writing to the Ephesians? Okay And Look look at what he says. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Remember that unseen world that you are fighting against? Who is the commander? The devil is the commander. He, he, He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Until Christ came and he helped us, to, he rose us from the dead and made us part of him and that we are united with him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And in verse 6 he says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in Heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So, as children of God, we are seated in the heavenly realms. And he says, In those days, you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises of God. You lived in this world without God and without hope. And without God, we don't have any hope. We are defeated even before we start. With Christ, we are more than conquerors.